What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the D-Lo Podcast Show. It's your favorite first-round draft pick, D'Angelo Stevenson, and I hope everyone is in good spirits because we are somewhat returning back to normal. While many of you are engaging and interacting with each other, I hope you guys are playing it safe, staying cautious, continuing to follow CDC guidelines, and practicing social distancing when you can because we still have to flatten that curve. We have a long ways to go, but we can still stay optimistic, all right? Cool. With that being said, there have been numerous reports that many leagues have been trying to make a comeback, including college football, the NBA, NHL, MLB, so on and so forth. There have been numerous meetings with conferences in the NCAA, including the SEC, being one major one, about allowing students, student athletes to come back over the summer to continue and resume summer workouts, fan engagements in the fall. I don't know about you guys, but that is a big, big, big positive for me and a lot of people because college football just hits different. Saturdays when you're going to a game, tailgating with your friends and your buddies, just having a good time, eating good food, going to the games, being inside the stadium, just interacting with the crowd and just watching your favorite team play verbally, abusing the opposing team, whatever you want to call it, it just hits different. So we're hearing a lot of news and reports and we just hope to stay optimistic with that. Commissioner Adam Silver has not ruled out of canceling the NBA season. Me, personally, I just think the NBA should just go ahead and cancel it and resume next year because we are too deep into the NBA calendar to resume from where we were when this, when the pandemic hit. If you would think about it, now would be the conference finals, like game three and game four, and the NBA finals, like, what, two and a half weeks, two weeks? I guess so. So um, I don't think they should resume the season. However, I think they should present the awards because they did play 85% of the season. That would be great. But um, if, if you are going to resume the season, just, just just start right there in the playoffs. You know, I know a lot of teams have clinched the playoffs one through five. I think six through eight still had a chance to clinch for the final 15 games of the season. But, hey, you know, if you're going to start off, just start off in the playoffs and let it play through and probably be somewhat balanced out in the calendar year. The NHL, I'm not a hockey fan, but I do watch it. So, you hockey fans, just let me know or just just tell me how you think the season should play out. MLB, a lot of people miss baseball. I miss baseball. I just miss the aura of it, just being at home and just feeling like I'm there at the game. You know, a lot of fans really want this to come back, but a lot of players has been concerned about playing a shortened season and concerned about their paychecks. A lot of players don't want to take a pay cut to play and risk their lives, which is cool. You know, a lot of media outlets and a lot of personnel and journalists have you know voiced their opinion about it you know but everyone's entitled to the first amendment everyone's entitled to speak their mind and their own point of view in any scenario situation but you know with that being said your tip of the day is always what it's been you know please continue to practice social distancing if you are going out if there are places that are restricted required for you to wear masks please wear masks please wear your gloves wear Whatever that you need to wear, if it's the, the new eye protection that they have out, wear that. Please take your sanitizer. Anything that you have to do, please continue to follow CDC guidelines. And if you have to, practice social distancing and be cautious of your family and your loved ones and, and whomever else. Just, just If you're sick, please stay at home. You guys, just please continue. Let's just keep doing what we got to do in order to beat this. All right? Talking about the last dance, that Prescott, and many more coming up on this episode. All right, cool. We'll be back.
So as we all know, we just recapped The Last Dance, the 10-part documentary that covered the 90s era Chicago Bulls, which is arguably one of the best dynasties of all time. And a lot of people didn't really enjoy it because of the back scenes and the cut scenes and all that type of stuff. But I felt like we needed that because we didn't understand the root of some of these role players and the mindset and the backstories and stuff like that. And I feel like I didn't know a lot about Scottie Pippen. I definitely didn't know a lot about Dennis Rodman. I didn't know a lot about Steve Kerr, Phil Jackson. Jordan is probably the only player that we can just go back and say, yeah, I remember all of this and stuff like that. That's a key some key attributes that I didn't know, like the gambling problem and stuff like that. But other than that, all those other things, I can just go back and look into it. But I give it a 10 out of 10. I love the documentary, especially with me being a basketball player. I just loved it. It's something I'll probably watch over and over and over again. Excuse me. But there are two things that I've learned from this documentary. One is fame has no shield. Jordan probably was one of the more global icons in the 90s. You can argue with him, Michael Jackson, Prince, so on and so forth. I mean, this guy couldn't go anywhere. He was untouchable. Like, people loved him, hated him. They glorified him. They envied him. They wanted to be him. They didn't, they wanted to destroy him. There's so many things that they, they wanted. They just wanted Mike, whether it was for good or for bad, they wanted Mike. And I, I think it was episode um, eight, seven, I'm assuming I think he was in his hotel and he couldn't go anywhere. This is a, this is a normal human being who couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go outside. He couldn't get pizza without security. There were fans mobbing around his hotel. He couldn't sleep. He was just stuck there and he would be a robot. And it kind of just taught me that, you know, fame isn't always glorified because he wanted out. He even said it. He wanted out after that season. He was done. He didn't want to he didn't want the fame anymore he didn't want the lifestyle the lifestyle was wearing him down it was it was it was affecting him mentally that's why the first retirement happened the media just worked him like a puppet and he just wasn't for it anymore and i feel like as much fame and glory as we see on tv with all these different celebrities and musicians and whatever the case may be we we don't know how they feel inside we don't know how they feel when they go home we don't know how they feel when they're in a single solitude of space on their own and they're probably thinking like you know what this wasn't as all it's cracked up to be and jordan just wanted to play ball and everything else came with it you know he just wanted to be the best basketball player ever and with that Everything came with it, the love, the hate, the despise, the glory, the endorsements, the fans, the enemies, all that stuff came with it. And you can just sense it in his body, like, you know what, the passing of his father, the media questioning him about his gambling, you know, just the constant work ethic and, and pressure. He, he, he wanted out. He just wanted to be done. And... After that season, he just he just finished on top of the mountain. He's like, you know what, I'm done. I mean, eventually he would come back and play for the Wizards. But during that time, when he was just like this global icon, he he knew it was time to go. He couldn't take it anymore. He knew it was time to go and time to get out. And I guess there was something he was just saying, no one to get out because your body can't take it and your mind can't take it. It's gonna be a certain point where you just gotta de-stress yourself and just and just walk away and that's what he did he won his sixth championship he walked away 
top of the mountain, rolled off in the sunset. So right, I'm cool. I'm done. The second thing that I got from it, the mentality. There was a couple of videos circulating a couple of years ago about Kobe. I remember when Kobe used to do the same exact thing. He would talk trash to his teammates. I think Jeremy Lin just recently did an interview about Kobe coming to practice and calling his teammate bums and all that other type of stuff. I get it. I get it. Jordan did it, and people questioned him the same way. Like, oh, yeah, Jordan, you know, he's he's uh, he's arrogant. You know, he's mean. He's not a good teammate, all this type of stuff. When you reach a certain amount of success as an individual, which is what he did in the first three-peat, and he has the hunger and the desire to come back and win more and more, he wants the people around him to have that same feeling. He said in the documentary, he wants his teammate to experience winning just as much as he did. And he said in the documentary, he said, you guys can call me arrogant. You guys can call me a bad teammate or whatever. The shenanigans that I, I've done in practice, you guys can talk about all that if you want to, but you've never experienced winning. You don't know what it takes. You don't know the sacrifices it takes to win. And Jordan was considered an asshole. But I feel like he was the asshole that Scotty needed, that Dennis needed, that Phil Jackson probably needed, Steve Kerr needed, BJ Armstrong, all of the players. He felt he was the asshole that all of them needed in order for them to succeed. And I feel like in life, if you are serious about something, if you are with the team, if you have a mentor or whatever the case may be who has experienced these things, I feel like everyone needs an asshole, not because they're being mean, but to push you to be better. You have some fathers out here who will criticize their kids on what they do, like after a game or after for some girls after a recital or whatever the case. It's not the fact that they don't like them or they're mean to them. They just they're just pushing them to be great because they they can see the desire that you have. Jordan seen the desire, the potential that his teammates had and he pushed them to be better. He talked trash to them. He was a complete asshole, but his teammates fed into that energy and said, all right, cool. You want to call me an asshole? All right, cool. I'm going to go out there and show you what an asshole is. I'm going to go out there and compete just like you go out there and compete. I'm going to go out there and ball. I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do. And I'm not making you happy. I'm making myself happy because I want to win just as bad as you are now. And he said it. If you don't like the way he approaches the game, he approaches practice, don't play. You don't have to play with him. And he got emotional about that because he... He loved winning. You've seen it from the first episode when he had to sit out with a, with a foot injury. He didn't want to sit out. He wanted to play. The main objective of the game is to win. He did it with his teammates year in and year out. I feel like in life, if you want to accomplish something, you want to succeed in something, you need someone like that in your life. Whether it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end. You need someone like that in your life because that's only going to push you. It's going to give you thick skin, a thick mentality. And you're going to become great at what you do. And you're going to look back at them like, yo, that tough love is something that I needed. A lot of his teammates said it. That is what we needed to become great. And a lot of people became great later on in their career. Like Jordan seen the full potential. And you can see it now. A lot of people that I know, they do the things that they do. I see that full potential, but they don't go at it. But So you have to tell them. You have to acknowledge them. Like, yo, you ain't this. You ain't that. You could do better than that, such, such better than you, whatever the case may be. 
You got to push. And he pushed him. I think Jordan really set an example for everybody. Like, you have to push yourself and you have to allow people to push you in the harshest way in order for you to become great. And that's what he did. And that's two things that I appreciate about that documentary and something that I'll take from it. Even when I rewatch it, I'll still take from that. Because it'll make me better. It'll make probably make someone else better. And the next person better. You got to look at it from a different perspective. And I promise you, you will succeed. All right, we'll be back. All right, so we're going to jump ships onto the NFL. First, I want to speak about Cam Newton. A lot of people have been speaking for Cam and speaking about Cam, about where he's going to go. He needs to hurry up and make a decision. This, that, and the third. Let me tell you something. For the past couple of years while he was in Carolina, everyone was speaking for Cam. They weren't speaking about him positively, negatively. They were speaking for him. This is Cam's time to speak for himself. If you watch his social media, he's speaking for himself. He's talking about preparation, all this other type of stuff, his photos, whatever the case may be, his little funny little cute little print. I don't know what it is, but hey, Cam is doing this on his own term, and I applaud him for it. I mean, what more do you want the kid to do? I think he's going to come back and play extremely well. To wherever he goes, I'm going to support him. You don't treat someone like a dog and then you rush the dog to make a decision to go out and do home. You, you you don't do that. Cam is literally doing it on his own terms. I can't wait to see where he goes. Like I said, I hope he goes to San Diego. Well, he might not go to San Diego now because San Diego just drafted Justin Herbert. He might go to Chicago because they have issues with Mr. Trubisky. He might go to Miami. No one knows. We don't know where he might go. He might go to Dallas with all that conflict they got with Dak Prescott, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. You never know where he might go. But wherever he goes, I hope he's a starter and I hope he plays extremely well. I hope he's the comeback player of the year just for that sake. I, I, I really do. And I like Carolina. I respect Carolina. But I hope Carolina actually sees what they actually gave up when he plays next year. I just really hope he does well. Because that player has been disrespected by Carolina so badly this offseason. It just makes no sense. You guys talk about him, how you wanted him back, how you guys had his back, all this other type of stuff, hoo-ha, and you just go and embarrass him and just releases him, post it all on social media and stuff like that, and he had to stand his ground. Look, man, hey, stop rushing him. Stop rushing the man. Let him let him make his own decision. This is a grown man. He's 31 years old. He just recently turned 31. Happy belated birthday to you, Cam. Let him make his own decision during his own time. And I guarantee you, whoever picks him up, they got to steal. Because that man is going to come back with full motivation, full confidence. And I think he's going to be better than he ever was in Carolina. That's just my opinion. I have no beef with Carolina. I don't. But they, they just straight disrespected him. I'm sorry. Teddy Bridgewater, brother, man, I hope you do good in Carolina. I hope you bring some of that Saints magic over to Carolina. I'm not even a Carolina fan. But, you know, for the home state, for the culture, just do well, my brother. You, Chris McCaffrey, all y'all, do do good. But, Cam, I, wherever you go, please excel. Prove everybody wrong. Everybody that doubted you. Everybody. There's some Carolina fans that wanted you out. 
prove them wrong, especially coaches, especially the front office, especially prove them wrong, prove all of them wrong. Let's jump ships to Carol, not Carolina, sorry, to Dallas. We got to talk about Dak. Dak, how much are you worth? Hmm. I'm so sick of you. How much are you worth? The Cowboys offer you a five-year, $175 million contract, and you out here just, mm-mm, I don't want it. What do you want? Hmm? What do you want? That's just the question everybody wants to answer. What do you want? We just out here waiting. Like, just sign the contract. You would have been one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. Mm-mm, I don't want it. What What do you want? Are you a top 10 quarterback? Yes. You're like 7 or 8 in my book, but Dallas thinks you're number 1. But you're a good quarterback. You have a good touchdown to interception ratio, 97 to 36. You have a 97 passer rating. That's 7th all-time in the league. You're in your 5th season. You're in your prime. If Dallas were to offer you a 5-year, $175 million contract, then obviously they think that you are the future of the team along with Zeke, that offensive lineman, that receiving core, the defense. Like, what do you want? I think that you think that people think that they're disrespecting you. Let me tell you something. You are not disrespected yet. Let me tell you somebody who is disrespected. Russell Wilson. He's disrespected. This man had no MVP votes in his entire career. He has never had a losing season in his career. He's been to two Super Bowl appearances. He's won one. Multiple All-Pro, multiple Pro Bowl. Damn good quarterback. Now that's disrespect. This man is disrespected every year. You sit here wanting to deny a five-year, $175 million. Brother, man, if you would, if I would have got paid five years, $175 million, I would go out there and show my whole behind to the point my mama got to come out there and whoop me on the field because I'm acting up so bad. That's how good I would play. Brother, man, take the money. Use that as motivation to become great. You would have been one of the richest quarterbacks in the league and you over here denying $175 million for five years. But I would never see that in my life and here you go just deny. Give it to me. i take it. Just give it to me because obviously you're a waste of money. Just give it to me. I will take it. And as an SC, a former SEC quarterback, brother, I support you. Mississippi State, I didn't know who you were coming out of college, but you came to the NFL and you just said, all right, cool, I'm about to take over. You took over. You're doing pretty well in Dallas. You got a good core down there. You got Zeke, a great offensive lineman. You got a good offensive wide receiver core now. You got some good receivers down there. Michael Gullup, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma. Dez probably talking about coming back. You might get Dez back. You never know. We don't know what he might do. But still, man, come on, man. Just, just, just take something. I know, I don't know how much you think you're worth. Whatever you think you're worth, that's your business. But, man, just just sign the contract. Go out there and play ball, man. Because, obviously, they think you're worth it. You a top 10 quarterback in the league, man. Go out there and prove it. Go go get that money, sign that contract, and go prove it. Because if if, if you don't take it, then Andy Dalton's going to come in there and step in. You, you see what Ryan Tannehill did when he went to Tennessee. Dolphins just dumped him like trash. He goes to Tennessee and he revived his career. Pro Bowl last year. Beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Like, come on, man. Just sign it. 
If you don't sign it, you gone. Andy Dalton's going to come in. I guarantee you he's going to come in and play way better. But just, just just sign a contract, man. Just sign it. Sign something. Go out there and ball. Go out there and ball for America's team, quote-unquote. Just do it. It's not that hard. I don't think Jerry's going to offer you that much money and, and not believe in you. Bruh, take it. Just take it. If something would have happened, push come to stuff. You got to back up. And Andy Dog, he can come in and, and help out a little bit. But just take it, man. Just take it. You're not a bad quarterback. No one's questioning it. I mean, some people are questioning it. But I think you're good. You're not Russell Wilson. You're not disrespected. How about this? I'll tell you this. If you think you need so much money, I'll, I'll tell you this. Before you start asking for so much money, how about this? How about get disrespected before they start calling you overrated? Hmm? Become disrespected before they start calling you overrated. And when they start calling you overrated, that's when they'll say, oh, you're not worth that much money. Or however much you think you're worth. Brother, sign a contract and go play ball. We'll be back. All right, so I'm backtracked to the last dance, but I'm not going to talk about the documentary. I'm going to talk about the debate. So for the past five weeks and for the days to come, the debate will always and forever will be Jordan and LeBron, Jordan and LeBron, Jordan and LeBron, Jordan and LeBron, Jordan and LeBron. But I'm I'm very confused about the disrespect because where is Kobe in this discussion? Hmm? I get LeBron, he's a damn near good player. Accolades is through the roof. Multiple All-Star, All-NBA first team. Four-time MVP, nine straight NBA finals. Probably one of the more complete players we will ever see in NBA history. But when it comes to the mentality, the drive, the domination, the sacrifice, the love of the game, the grit, the grind, the badass, Kobe is damn near close to being what Jordan was. Damn near close. I'm not saying he is, but he was damn near close. Five NBA championships, multiple all-NBA defensive teams. What, 20-time, 18-time All-Star? Come on, man. Come on. Like, a lot of people didn't grow up watching Kobe. You know, his early years. You know, they probably seen Kobe like in 2007, 8. But I grew up watching Kobe. From his first year to his last year to the first three-peat, the ridiculous numbers he put up in, I think it was 2,000. He had, what, 27 points per game? Average damn near 30 points a game. An entire playoff run. Shaq had 25. I remember it all. Kobe was a assassin. He was an assassin, just like Jordan. He was an assassin. He wanted to be like Jordan. He will tell you. He lived, ate, slept, and he would die. To be the greatest player ever. And we seen it. We seen a glimpse of Jordan every time he played. The consistent 40, 50, and 60 point games. The 81 point game. A lot of people say, well, Kobe didn't pass. Hell, Jordan barely passed either. The attitude. Like I said earlier in the podcast. Jordan was an asshole. Kobe was an asshole. Kobe wanted to win. It was so much more 
to win championships than it is to just go out there and, you know, be flashy. So Kobe wanted to dominate. Kobe wanted to go at your throat every single night, and he did. We would never see another player as compatible as Jordan other than Kobe. And I'm just sick of the disrespect. I've never seen this much disrespect for Kobe. Even when he was here, Nick Wright is probably damn near the most disrespectful person. That's when he was alive, just talking all this crap about Kobe and stuff like that. But for me, Kobe will be probably the the reflection of Jordan that we will never see again. I'm not saying he is. He got five championships. You know, he won one MVP award, which is absurd because, you know, you gave it to Steve Nash, Dirk Nowinski, Shaq. Kobe should have won multiple MVPs, but, you know, that's fine. He got six rings. He got five rings. I'm sorry. But I just I just find it absurd that you guys won't acknowledge Kobe. You guys just throw Kobe top eight. I just don't see it. One of the greatest Lakers of all time. Coming from guys like Shaq, Magic Johnson, Jerry West. These guys who all put on the Laker uniform and said Kobe is the best Laker of all time. This man went out there every night and got it done. This man broke his hand in 2000, still went to practice with bedroom clothes on, shooting free throws with one hand, his shooting hand. Kobe was an animal, man. I just, I just don't like the disrespect that you guys give him. He's not a top eight player in the league. A lot of people say, well, Kobe didn't make his teammates better. I, no. Kobe turned Paul Gasol into a Hall of Fame worthy player. Kobe helped Lamar Odom become a sixth man of the year and a reliable role player. Kobe helped Ron Artest become a damn near dominant defensive player. I mean, he was already a good defensive player, but he was an even better defensive player in L.A. I guess he helped Derek Fisher. I don't know. But Kobe did as much as as a Laker than Jordan did as a Bull. I mean, he was well-known around the world. People loved him. People hate him. He had his off-court issues. But as a player, man, that, that mentality to win, that's that's side-by-side side with Jordan. I'm telling you, I don't like that disrespect. I, I don't. I think Kobe is a top-five player of all time. LeBron is up there. Jordan is up there. Some people can argue and say, oh, no, he's not. He's not even. Some people even have him at top 15. That's, that's, oh, man. Wow, you got him at the top 10? Top 10. You just going to just throw him out of the top 10, put him at 15. All right, cool. He won five chips with the Lakers. He was dominant. 60-point game, 81-point game. Just don't mean nothing. Mm. I don't know. He's top five in scoring all time. LeBron's right there with him and Jordan's with him. Tell you, like, both players are right there with Jordan. But I think Kobe is he's just closer. He's just right, he's just closer. And I just I just don't like the disrespect. So I think if everyone's gonna make a debate, please put Kobe in it. Y'all, y'all gotta do a three-man debate. Put Kobe in there. Kobe worked his ass off becoming one of the greatest players, man. Put Kobe in there, man. I mean, Kobe, he didn't. Yeah, Kobe didn't go to nine straight finals, but he got five rings compared to LeBron's three. Since y'all want to compare somebody, compare Kobe and LeBron. How about do that? I ain't never seen LeBron do an 81-point game. He did 60 a couple times in the Garden. He pissed off Spike Lee. 
But Kobe pissed him off even more. Give Kobe, give Kobe the recognition he deserves, man. He need it. God rest his soul, Bean. We'll be back. All right, man. I'm about to kick rocks and get on up out of here. This has been another episode of the D-Lo Podcast Show. But before I go, I want to say two things. One, I understand things are slowly opening back up and we're starting to slowly return back to normal. You guys, please continue to be cautious and abide by CDC guidelines. If you guys are feeling ill any type of way, please don't go out. Please call your local doctor and tell them what's up. Stay home and quarantine and get healthy and strong. If you are going to go out to these restaurants and these other establishments, if they have guidelines for you to wear masks and gloves, please wear them. Take you some sanitizer and just sanitize your hands thoroughly. Guys, we're all in this together, and we all have to think about each other. Slowly but surely, we will be turning back to normal. I promise you. Secondly, congratulations to the class of 2020. You guys did it, whether you graduate in high school and college. I understand you guys didn't have the proper commencement, but hey, not a lot of people can say they graduated high school and college. So for you to be done, that's a blessing in itself, all right? All right, cool, 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 cool. So let's wrap this up for this another episode. Just remember Jeremiah 2911 to you all. And I always remember all criticism is good criticism because it helps you grow and not fold. Alright? So signing off, it's been your favorite first round draft pick, D'Angelo Stevenson. Until next time, peace.